All right, hello everybody and welcome back to part two with Esther, where we go into other topics like enzymes and proteins and fats, oh my, and stay tuned for the end where she gives a little bit of a sample on what all this information looks like in application and what she does and also a really brief, brief thing on like what happens at the quantum level. I would love to do a, a different episode just kind of going into what she was talking about there. Anyway, thanks for waiting around for part two and enjoy. Well, and enzymes are really important um, because of, um, I think the lack of accountability for uh, quality food here where I'm at in uh, Shenzhen. Um, it, it, it's really hard to determine if something is organic or not. Um, and so it, it makes like getting like enzymes in my diet incredibly challenging. So like the best option is really like um, enzyme supplementation because it's just really... Um, it's kind of like really unlikely. So that's kind of my thing. With that, sometimes I'm just not able to get an enzyme supplement for a lot of different reasons that would take me too long to explain. Um, tropical fruits are pretty like abundant. It's really easy to get mango here, papaya. Yes, those um, are the best. Pineapple is, I mean, the high citric acid content is really hard on my teeth. Um, so that's a little bit of a challenge. Bananas are really cheap here. Um, yeah, I mean, anything that is raw and enzyme active is going to help you. You know, the body does need those dietary enzymes from those raw foods, no matter in what shape or form. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't talk about the importance of enzymes. Um, and there's a lot of information out there nowadays. And I don't see many people talking about the importance of getting enzymes like in the diet. Maybe, maybe yeah. you could go a little bit in, into that on enzymes, the importance of a dietary source of enzymes and, and some, some like properties. So people can walk away like, oh, hey, you know, this is why, this is why I should get, have like a dietary source of enzymes in my diet from raw fruits and vegetables. Yeah, especially when you need to break down uh, protein foods. So you need those enzymes to take apart those gigantic molecules, you know, at the micro level and to break them apart so that you can break them down to the amino acids, which are the basic components of building any kind of body protein. Other than 70% water, our bodies are all practically all protein. Your hormones that your body makes, the enzymes your body makes, the, uh, all the tissues and, and organs and, and structures, bone, you know, your eyes, your skin, your hair, everything is made out of protein. So if you don't get enough protein or, or the thing is, you've got to be able to break down that protein. And uh, the way to do that is to have an enzyme active diet, you know, a diet as high in, in, uh, in, in enzymes. And so fruit, like you said, papaya is very good. If you're having trouble with pineapple, then it's best eaten with a fatty meat or any kind of a meat. That way uh, it kind of buffers the effects of citric acid. Citric acid though is made in the, uh, the ATP cycle, the energy, the unit of energy our bodies produces to produce energy in the cells. So uh, the citric acid is, is important there and our bodies make it uh, piecing together different molecules, you know, different atoms 
and things like that. So it doesn't have any problem making that. But a lot of it does exist in some very, uh, very tart fruits, you know, so the, the, the more ripe the fruit is like a pineapple, then the easier it is to digest. But if it's not ripe enough, then it's going to be too acidic, you know, not compared to how acidic your stomach is, but it's, it can still create quite a disturbance, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, um, that's why in South America, um, even though people have high fat meats in their diets and they, they have the tropical fruits, especially pineapple right alongside it, they don't have any problem with digesting. They don't have any upsets, you know, from eating the, the pineapple or anything like that. And they also have a low incidence of heart disease, you know, and cancers because of these phytochemical compounds and the enzymes that are in these tropical fruits. So they're very important too. And any kind of fruit, anytime you have a fruit that's not cooked or frozen, uh, then you're going to have an enzyme active food. Well, and I, I think part of that there too has been the misrepresentation of fat and its effect on the body in, in research. Ansel Keys has been uh, debunked like a million times over at this point. Um, but I think that's also a really good topic to hear. Um, I mean, people like it's already like well talked about. And, and finally, now the notion that fats are not actually bad and that they're important for hormones and other stuff like this are already talked about. But kind of maybe like going into a little bit like like fats, plant and animal fats, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've had uh, vegetarian customers and vegan customers, and after I show them what amino acids do in proteins, then they decide not to be vegetarians or vegans anymore. You know, as much as uh, anyway, that's a whole nother subject. The the uh, yeah. So. Um, but well, I'm sorry, what, oh, fats, we're talking about yeah. fats. Yeah, plant, plant and animal fats, the good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly. Right, yes, oh gosh. Okay, for a long time, the, uh, when science discovered margarines, hydrogenation of oils, yeah. then they, uh, the whole industry wanted to make money. I don't know who was backing up this whole entire industry. I think I read about it once, but I forget who it was or what company or what organization or what entity was behind this, but, uh, once you bombard an, uh, a, a plant oil, a perfectly healthy oil with hydrogen atoms and uh, in a high heat situation, then it, uh, the, the molecular structure of those plant fats, which are very beneficial for health uh, before they're altered, once they're altered, they become like a plastic. You know, usually uh, molecules, when you look at them three-dimensionally, they're twisted and, and they're, 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 they fit a certain kind of uh, receptor cell site on your cells. And so when you're digesting fat, they've got, in order to be absorbed, they've got to fit that particular molecular structure on the, on the cell receptor sites to be allowed inside the cell to be able to produce other things that require fatty acids to, uh, to build. Like you said, you know, reducing inflammation, generating um, new uh, brain cell tissues and all these other things, foods in the bodies, uh, new hormones, all these things are precursors when you take in different types of fats. So those are plant fats. So, um, then they started saying, well, butter's bad for you. You know, have margarine instead. Um, they started uh, pushing the shortening, you know, the white uh, lard kind of shortening rather than uh, buildup is because of the animal fats. Uh, you know, animal fats uh, do have cholesterol, but your body needs cholesterol. Your body makes cholesterol on its own without any dietary intake because that's how important it is for your cell structure as a precursor for thousands of hormones your body makes, not just a you know, the, the reproductive hormones, your body has hormones that will, will stop and start 
processes, trillions of processes that keep you alive. Uh, you know, it communicates, uh, these hormones communicate with the nervous system. The nerve cells require a fatty acid coating that's uh, composed of cholesterol and other types of fats, including from animal fats and the plant fats, the plant oils. So, you know, putting together all the different types of fats so that your body can uh, be flexible. You have, uh, you know, flexible, younger looking skin. You've got, you're reducing inflammation. You're regulating your body temperature. Uh, the, the fluids in your joints are made out of some of these uh, types of, of uh, you know, components of the fatty acids from the different types of fats. Uh, so, uh, and you're protecting your nervous system. You know, you're preventing uh, the neurodegenerative disorders that are so prevalent in our society today because people eat fried foods. They heat their oils up or they have these hydrogenated fats, the shortenings that are in so many of the baked goods that people buy, you know, or, or they're in the, the junk food snacks, the salty, greasy snacks that people buy. So becoming a label reader and understanding what that, uh, you know, the different types of, of fats that go into a snack is really important. It can save your life because those types of fats have been found uh, when they do autopsies on people who've died from, uh, say, heart disease. They look at their arteries and the hardened plaques that are in the arteries are not from animal derived fats. They are from the fried oils and the hydrogenated margarines and shortenings. That's what that stuff is composed of. But yet the entire industry was fooling everyone into thinking it was the animal fats that were doing it, you know. So yeah, animal fats, if you take in too many fats, it will raise your cholesterol levels, but that's easily uh, remedied by eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, enzyme active, tropical. Um, anyway, I wanted to circle back a little bit to like animal, animal fats like, and, and cholesterol. So this is really important. From what I understand, I like about animal fats, like one, yes, the outside layer of your cell, the phospholipid bilayer, there's, there's animal and plant structures that are really important right? It's like a little nifty little barrier. Um, cholesterol also like helps like produce like amongst other things, testosterone. So having like dietary forms of cholesterol is going to be important for testosterone. And that's going to be important for women and men. Like having, even though women have like a 10th of the testosterone, that's still really important. But again, people do, I, I've seen one to two hour podcasts just on like like testosterone levels in, in women, natural, stimulating that, why that helps. And that's like, like a whole other thing. Um, vitamin D production as well. I mean, from what I understand, like with, with sun exposure, sun exposure mobilizes like cholesterol in your body to produce vitamin D. So in the absence of dietary cholesterol, from what I understand, your body's going to endogenous endogenously increase the cholesterol levels. So it kind of can produce these, these hormones and vitamins and other stuff like that. And so maybe we could briefly just kind of, kind of touch on like the importance and add to these um, animal protein and cholesterol saturated fat. And it's really important, good quality stuff. We're not talking like grain fed animals. Like we want saturated fat from like grass fed pasture-raised, pasture-finished. Yes, yes. Uh, fats have been given a bad rap. And our ancestors going back, you know, thousands of years have always eaten animal fats and uh, a few nuts and seeds that contain the plant oils and the grains, but they've always balanced, uh, you know, those kinds of fats with the animal fats. And um, if you try to have a diet with just the oils, 
without the animal fats, then you have skin problems and hormonal imbalances because your body needs a certain kind of fat from these animals and the, uh, their fat, the fatty, uh, their vitamins, you know, that they produce in their bodies. And we're getting to the vitamin D part, you know? Um, so the, the fats that we consume from animals are, are the precursors as much as the oils are for the 10,000 or so hormones that the body produces. As I said earlier, the regulating hormones, the, uh, the ones that halt and, and work with the uh, communication system the, in the nervous system to halt and, and to start trillions literally of bio, biochemical processes that occur every single day of your life and they keep you alive and well. But um, you know, the body is a very intricate universe and it needs those fats in order to produce those hormones to, uh, to help uh, with the whole system, to help it function optimally. The brain needs them. Uh, your hormones that your, your body produces needs those fats. You know, like I said, regulating body temperature, reducing uh, inflammation and all sorts of other you know, things that uh, it's a whole chain reaction of biochemicals that, that occur, you know, that uh, they keep you alive. And that's important. And if you don't take in animal fats, your body will produce cholesterol and it'll produce too much of it, thinking that there's a shortage, you know, like feast or famine kind yeah. of thing. You know, it's like, I need cholesterol. Yeah. It's the cell structure. Like you said, it's it's the on the bilayer of the cell membrane, the plasmic cell membrane that has these, uh, these cell receptor sites that will accept these fatty molecules into the cell to, to uh, help produce energy and all of that, you know? And so, hi, Laura. My daughter just got home. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, so yeah, we actually need those for our, our nervous system health, for our brain functioning, for, um, for keeping the body warm, and uh, to, uh, to be able to take the impacts of, of, of excess exercise. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on. And all these different hormones that the body makes. Oh my gosh, every, every single thing that we do and think and say, it's run by hormones and the nervous system. Uh, nerve cells require, you know, that those types, different types of fats from plant and animals as well. So, it, you know, it's just, uh, we cannot leave those types of fats out of our bodies. We'll, we'll feel it and there will be deficiency problems. So when you go out in the sun, um, your body reacts, your chemicals in your, in your skin react with the sun, the different rays of the sun, and it produces the vitamin D. And it's a certain type of vitamin D. Uh, called cholecalciferol, cholecalciferol. So when you buy supplements that contain, that are made out of uh, cholecalciferol, it's not, you're not getting the full spectrum of the sun. Sun puts out, you know, several trillion types of different sun rays, okay? And, and uh, you see how plants respond to the sun. They will reach out to the sun and open themselves up and receive all this energy from the sun. And our skin cells are the same way. You've got these little battery packs that need sunlight and that uh, the biochemical reaction that takes place in those cells will uh, convert um, all these different biochemicals that, you're, that are in your body and produce the vitamin D. So, uh, and, and in animal fats, any kind of uh, animal-derived food will have vitamin D as well, you know? And that also makes me think of like omega-3 like fatty acids. Sometimes people are like, oh, well, I can get omega-3s from plant sources. But from what I understand about omega-3s uh, from plant sources, they're, they're not really efficient. They're not as bioavailable as like animal sources. 
and there's like the the, the conversion rate. Um, from what I understand, um, plant sources of omega threes they have to be converted in your body in order to be used, and it's much much less, and it doesn't have quite the same effect as like animal sources of omega threes from like grass fed butter, grass fed grass fed meats. Um, eggs and um, fish. Yeah, uh, omega-3s, uh, even though they are structurally the same, when they are in the different types of, of animal-derived foods, they are, they can contain, you know, different types of configurations. So yeah, it's great to, to vary your diet across all the full spectrum of the different types of animal-derived foods to ensure that you're getting not just the omega-3s, but the right balance of omega-3s to omega-6s. So when you have uh, animals that have been grass-fed or, or free-range kind of thing, and I'm talking real free-range, not confined in you know, a 10 by 10 pen or anything like that, you're just out, out in, the, the, in nature. So uh, they're consuming the fats that do, uh, the, the, the plants that do contain the fatty acids. And so their bodies will, will have a variety of the different types of fats. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a good like segue into plant and animal proteins. Um, and, you know, like again, like the good, bad and ugly plant and animal proteins. Um, like, why do we need animal proteins? What's good about plant proteins? Um, so other, other people, and we have like a lot of anecdotal evidence now for this of uh, plant-based people, vegans and vegetarians that do cycle, um, they get amino acids from different sources. They get them from different grains and beans, nuts, like, like rice. And with, the, with enough intention, they seem to maintain, there are, for individuals who are very disciplined about it, they, they maintain a healthy body fat percentage. They increase their performance, testosterone levels. And for example, in men, like, like are typically okay. And generally speaking, on, on, on a health check, the blood work is okay. Um, in, in, in spite of that, though, I feel like they're the exception, not the norm. So many times where I meet like a plant-based person, they're, they're either thin and frail or they're overweight. There's like massive um, uh, imbalances in their macros. So there tends to be like a lot of like carbohydrates. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, gosh, I wanna go in so many directions here. <laughs> um, so we were talking about, um, gosh, I don't know, where should we start? I mean, mm, plant and animal, you know what? Let's just start right away with like plant proteins, you know, okay. and what are, what, are some, what are some issues with plant proteins? Um, okay, yeah, and let's start how there. does the body process what are called incomplete proteins, so i.e. plant proteins, how does the body process these and how is it different than a complete protein? Yes, okay, that's great. All right, so when you have a, a particular plant, it will have a few of the essential amino acids. You've got the eight essential amino acids that the body cannot produce on its own, so it has to have that from a food source. Um, the trouble with being a vegan is that you're not going to find very many plants, maybe one or two that I know of, 
that I've come across in the research, like a, a certain mushroom, a super mushroom, uh, maybe a, a, a typical a grain, you know, might contain all eight essential amino acids. So those are the, the foundational building blocks of every single body protein. So whatever your body needs to make, you know, whatever new cells you need to, 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 uh, to build, it's going to require all of those eight essential amino acids. And if you're a baby, there are an, there's an extra one. So you've got nine essential amino acids. So up until the age of, of um, I think it's one or two, that um, your body starts producing you know, all eight of them, or, or excuse me, your body uh, doesn't need that extra amino acid, it'll, it'll produce that one. So, so, okay, so plants have a variety of amino acids. So what vegans try to do, or vegetarians, they try to combine different types of plants to equal, uh, that contain all eight essential amino acids, but they never have enough. They never have the right potencies. So they would have to consume a lot of plant materials to equal the amino acids, but also animal derived proteins that contain all eight essentials. They also have things like vitamin B12 and things like creatine, other types of proteins in the tissues that you don't get from plants. And so uh, people who are, are vegans can turn up to be, um, you know, just deficient in, in that particular B vitamin, you know, so they're, they're iron deficient, uh, they're anemic, and um, they become tired, you know, so they have, they feel cold a lot. There's a lot of different um, side effects that, that happen when you're just purely vegan. Uh, vegetarians, luckily, you know, they do have um, the eggs and the fish and the dairy products, so that helps a lot too, but it still does not have what the red meats have, the, um, the poultry and the you know the other bovines and things like that. So they really need those uh, extra nutrients. So people who consume the red meats along with the the raw foods, the raw fruits and vegetables, will also um, will have that whole balance. Uh, everything they need to digest those those foods properly. And they'll have all those amino acids to build new tissues and cells. So yeah, we have to have those eight amino acids in the potent potent amounts that are in the animal derived foods uh, in order to build everything. And there are a lot of biochemical, biological processes that go on that require all eight of them present at the same time. So if you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you eat a plant food that has only two or three amino acids, then um, what uh, it, the scientific literature is very clear on this. The, the body will come to a, uh, any kind of a given process, any one of our trillions of processes will come to a, a grinding halt because it sometimes, uh, most of the time it needs all eight essential amino acids present in order to build new tissues, in order to create the cell replication process, in order to, uh, to, uh, to make sure that the immune system is intelligent. In other words, their genetic code of instructions are, are important too. If your immune system does not receive all those eight essential amino acids also to build new immune cells and have all the genetic uh, programming in place, then your immune system will not be um, functional. So a lot of times uh, diseases are the result of immune systems that have not been nourished properly. And just the amino acids themselves from complete proteins like that are just one part of, of building optimally functioning cells, especially the immune system. You know, it's great. I'm back. Okay. So that's a really important point. That's very like interesting to consider, um, especially so many plant-based folks, vegan, vegetarian, and whatever label and identity they use for themselves. The, 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 the thought is, well, as long as I combine 
within a 24 hour period, then I'll be fine. As long as I get my, as long as, as long as I combine again in the 24 hour period, this, and they don't, they don't talk about this, like, like amino acid thing. They don't talk about like, like, so, I mean, it seems we, we know through anecdotal evidence and, and other lesser quality studies that people seem, there are individuals that do seem to be okay. Um, um, however, though, there's something that, again, there's something that happens with like a plant-based protein. Yeah, a big part of that's like, a, a, I think, a, autophagy. So like the body, like recycling other damaged organelles and proteins, and it's able to kind of maintain that like for a, for a certain amount of time, depending on what I'm not yeah. too, on what yeah. I'm not too certain, because there's like individuals, they seem to have a lot of like damaged, like organelles and proteins that the body's able to kind of recycle and they seem okay for a while. And there's other people not. And, and boom, and this is where like we have, you have something like a rice protein, which has four amino acids, your body takes it in, even let's just say you're getting a supplement, theoretically, you're going to get like a, a, a like brown rice protein supplement, you're going to be able to get something with 20 to 30 grams. Um, but um, so and you've got like four, you've got four amino acids. These four amino acids are going into your body, um, and then what, what's what's going to happen? Oh, I got like 25 grams of protein. I got like brown rice protein. Yeah, and then you've got a whole uh, way too much carbohydrates. You know, to uh, in that ratio, it's it's way too much, and uh, and you're not getting a lot of the uh, the right type of iron. You know, plant iron is absorbable to a point, but uh, the iron from the blood, which is the heme iron is uh, much more absorbable and much more utilizable. And you've got the B12, you know, that plants don't have as well. So there are a lot of essential nutrients that um, animal derived proteins have. But, you know, if, uh, like I said before, you know, if you're gonna have a lot of rice and you're only going to have those four amino acids in there, your body needs the other four in order to complete so many processes. And so you're going to be deficient. And when that happens, your body will go into uh, ketosis. It'll start catabolizing itself it'll start cannibalizing itself. So it'll take proteins that are expendable. And these are um, the connective tissues, you know, from your joints and things like that. And so a lot of athletes uh, who don't get enough protein, for instance, their, their connective tissues start wearing down. So you can see a lot of athletes out there who have uh, joint problems and they can't continue on, especially runners you know, or even uh, heavy weightlifters. Their, uh, their tissues, their connective tissues just aren't strong enough anymore to hold it because they're not getting enough protein. They're going to waste away. If you don't replenish yourself after a, even the most mild exercise session, or even if you're sedentary, your body is continuously uh, expending energy one way or another. Uh, cells are breaking down. And the only way to stay strong and healthy and uh, have good longevity without any deficiency diseases is to, uh, is to keep your, your nutrient intake up, especially your protein because that's what mostly we're made out of, you know, besides the water, of course. But yeah, it's important to keep that up. And so you don't want your body to start consuming itself just to meet your, your more essential uh, amino acid or protein requirements. Your brain and your heart and your kidneys, all your vital organs are, are preserved and everything else like muscle and connective tissue or even bone mass or, or bone marrow where your, 
your red blood cells are, are born, your white blood cells, your immune system, your immune cells are made as well. So all that will suffer. Your immune system will suffer, all that kind of thing. So you do need to make sure you're getting all eight in substantial amounts. Well, and from what I understand, part of this process is like protein synthesis. So you're intaking, you're, you're intaking this protein. And sometimes people are like, oh my God, I, I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't want to be muscular. Da, 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 da. Tends to be kind of more with women, but there's guys too. There's guys, they just, they don't want to be super muscular. But then when we're talking like protein synthesis and we're like hitting that leucine threshold of at least like 25 grams of a protein bolus, from a like complete protein with eight essential amino acids. This isn't just protein synthesis. It's not just helping the muscles from what I understand. So when we're having the, when we're hitting that leucine threshold, we're getting that 25 gram at least bolus. It's helping, it, it's, it's the muscles, it's the tendons, it's the ligaments, it's the connective tissues, it's cartilage, it's, it's the bone. So the, this, the protein synthesis in the body, it's all these structures, especially in the muscular skeletal system, not just the muscle that we're getting. Yes, no, clarify, what am I wrong about? Yes. Uh, everything, like I said, everything in your body is made out of protein. So uh, the way your cells replicate, the way your immune cells travel around, the way your hormones will communicate with your, in your nervous system, you know, um, the brain matter, uh, bone marrow, bone structure, it's all protein, you know, and minerals, of course, we've got the vitamins and minerals circulating everywhere and uh, creating these, your, your cartilage, you know, uh, as someone ages, their ears start stretching. They start getting very large those stretchy ears because the cartilage is breaking down because they haven't had enough protein. And um, exercise is so important because it stimulates the uptake of all of these nutrients and um, delivers nutrients and oxygen to every single corner of the body. You know, so all cells get nourished properly and they all function and they absorb nutrients at a faster, more efficient rate. So everything changes biochemically when you combine not just a healthy diet, but you also do you know, various kinds of exercise. Absolutely. Um, gosh, there's, there's like so many directions I want to go. I'm so glad we've had a chance to touch on like plant, animal fats, um, iron, heme iron. You, you, you mentioned that a little bit. That's really important. Like what sort of iron like our body works. And there's, there's so many more like formally reformed vegans um, who have had um, iron deficiencies and they increase their animal protein intake and their iron levels like get the normal. And this is because of differences from plant sources of iron and, and heme iron. I also say this as a person, I do recommend molasses to people because there is some calcium, there is some iron, there is some potassium and magnesium in it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the sweeteners are one subject we could delve into. Molasses is, is like a whole food, you know, when you process the cane, the sugar cane, and you get the dregs, of course, they, they process the, the, the fructose from it and they create the sucrose molecule from it. And it's very highly concentrated form of energy there, but then all the rest of it, the fiber and the vitamins and the minerals, everything gets all the water, the high water content, the, you know, everything else in the sugar cane. Sugar cane plant is delicious and it's so good for you. And you won't give you won't give you cavities because it still has the the fructose in it. 
which is the, 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 the sugar molecule in, in the plant. And so the body can break it down to glucose right away and utilize it immediately in the brain and, and to fuel the muscles or any, any cell really that's, that's, uh, that's replicating and, and functioning in the body. But um, so it's important to, to know what's in your sugars. You know, anytime you have a crystallized form of sugar, most of the nutrients have gotten, gotten out of it. And mostly it's, it's from sugar cane. And uh, the, beet, uh, the beet sugar is, is uh, important to you start out with, you know, a perfectly wonderful uh, root vegetable and you take only the sugar out of it and you leave the rest of it. Who knows what happens to the rest of it, you know? And so uh, and a lot of the sugar beets in the world are genetically modified as well. So you have to make sure you choose the organic versions of all of your foods that are, are also have their genetically modified counterparts. Um, well, and that's a significant detail. When you have like the whole food intact, in, in there's pieces together that makes it fit well, like you're talking about in the sugar cane, as well as the beet versus extracting out when we're extracting out single components. And that's where we like start to see like significant side effects and issues when we're just trying to extract a single compound or element from like these foods and plants. Absolutely. You need the whole synergistic group of all the compounds, all the vitamins and minerals, the high water content that's in there, the, uh, the ionic charge of the, the energy factor that are in the plant cells that are alive, you know, and uh, able to transfer that light energy to your own body. Uh, so yeah, we are 97% at the quantum energy level. We're 97% light. The rest of it is, is particle matter. So when you break things down at that level, then you know that we are energy beings and we need to absorb energy from our foods and from the sunlight and everything. We're interacting with uh, this whole cosmos actually, you know, as energy beings. Um, so yeah, our food has to be energy active as well. And it has to be in whole food form. This, that's why I call my system synergy, nutritional synergy, because there's a synergistic effect even in one whole food. You try to compartmentalize that, partition off you know, certain nutrients from it. You're going to have an incomplete food and your body knows that your genetic programming knows to recognize all these different molecules that should be in one place all at one time. So it'll utilize that food fully and completely. But if you uh, isolate, you know, different parts, especially the sugars, those concentrated sugars can um, overtax your, can your, your pancreas. You know, there's only so much insulin you can produce at a time before um, you get sugar overload. And um, if you're not eating the right types of protein, your body won't produce the enzymes or the, uh, yeah, the enzymes and the insulin from, uh, which is the hormone that the pancreas secretes to get the sugar out of the bloodstream. So it's all, uh, it's all this whole chain reaction, this whole cascade reaction of biochemicals that have to work together at all times. You, you mentioned like 97% uh, light and 3% is like physical matter. So like we're looking at a cell, there's like, they're, they're, you're looking at an atom in, in the center, right? You have the nucleus, the mass is like concentrated. So this 97% of the, the atom that's like light, are you talking like outside of the nucleus, like in the electron orbitals or? Well, it goes even smaller. You, you go uh, what's inside of an atom, you know, the proton, neutrons, electrons. You go inside okay. that, you get into the quantum universe, and you go inside that, you get the quarks, and you go inside that. And so you go further and further into that inner universe, and it's just nothing but, but uh, you know, uh, light. <laughs> you 
you know, and all these frequencies okay. that, that um, we have yet to explore. You know, I'm sure that uh, biophysicists have explored a lot of that, but it gets, it gets smaller and smaller and more and more bizarre and things behave a lot differently at that level. So, so at the macro level, we've got to give our bodies the macro molecules so that their atoms and their, that their you know, quirks at, at that uh, energy level can keep us going as well. So it's just like this whole holographic universe. What's happening at the most micro level, which is infinite, is also happening at the infinite macro level outside of our bodies as well on the earth and uh, you know, the interactions between the solar systems and, and the suns. And, and you know, it just gets larger and larger. It's really mind blowing. But it's all like a hologram. You get a small segment of a hologram. It's an exact replica of the larger picture. Absolutely. There's so many different directions I would want to go to. Um, and I definitely want to bring you on again. So I, I want to start wrapping up for this like first session um, with the intent that definitely bringing you on again and going down a lot of other different rabbit holes, which I'm already excited about. <laughs> so as kind of like wrapping things up, like maybe because I do want also people to walk away with some like how do I how do I apply this? So I'm hearing all these things. I'm hearing about like like berries and fruits and organic and meat and like all these kind of like different pieces. Um, can like can can you give like some examples of what this looks like? Can you give any examples of of like some meals? Like it could be like any examples. It could be stuff you do, or maybe you want to walk us through like some some typical meals and and the food groups like like you're you're doing and maybe how you might might modify that but let's let's just kind of start with like a like what you eat and oh yeah let's like do breakfast that. what's okay. breakfast what's lunch like what's dinner you know what is that all snacks what's what does it look like okay this is going to be fun this is a Kind of an exercise that I like to do at the end of, you know, whenever I'm a guest speaker, I have people do something, give them some homework. <laughs> but at this point, listeners, viewers, you might want to pause the video and get a, a pad and paper out, a pen out, and uh, just take notes right now. It's going to be real simple. You know, it's going to be fun, but it'll give you some solid guidelines to start becoming healthier and choosing the right foods and, uh, and things like that. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is just remember that this is a, the, the fundamental rule of thumb that's universal no matter what you do is don't put anything in your body that doesn't belong there. Meaning if it has not been uh, grown organically or, or freshly harvested, then don't eat it. If it has not been freshly slaughtered, if you're not a vegetarian or vegan, don't eat it. Okay, so um, like deli meats, those are protein, your body recognizes protein. So del deli meats are a good source of protein, but the, the fresh meats offer a lot more. They haven't been processed, just uh, you know, gently cooked, simmered or baked or whatever. So um, just a freshly harvested, freshly slaughtered. So if anything else outside of that, it's probably not going to be the best thing for your body, especially if you've got some conditions that you want to correct, or if you're, uh, exercising and you want to stick with your exercise routine and get some real results and not feel burned out, not feel tired, not feel fatigued, you know, mentally and physically. Uh, so proper nourishment is important for staying um, 
you know, active and, and having that mental energy to work out. That's equally important to have the physical energy to exercise and get yourself in a stronger kind of thing. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, um, if you have a, a group of fruits, you know, choose a variety of fruits. And I'm not saying go out to the grocery store and get 10 different fruits because you probably won't be able to eat them on time. And there's ways of preserving your food in the refrigerator. By the way, that's, that's another class to, to prolong the shelf life of those fresh foods. Because a lot of people say, gosh, you know, I, I was going to eat at all the good intentions, but then my greens got all gunky and, and you know, <laughs> soggy and, and gross looking, or my fruit just, you know, shriveled up. But um, so just get three or four fruits at a time and bury those different nutrients that are in those wonderful different foods. Okay. So, and then on an, in another meal or another snack, uh, choose a couple of berries, you know, go out and get a couple of berries, whether they be grapes or raspberries or strawberries or blueberries or blackberries, any of the berries, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the ninja wolf berries, those are awesome too. You know, you can get the more exact exotic ones. And those of you who are in the Asian countries can probably get the, uh, the goji berries much yeah. more, you know, early, you know, I really envy that they're so expensive here in the United States. So yeah, just choose a couple of berries. Um, and then as you go through, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, choosing different, uh, different categories in my system here. So if you're going to have a salad, choose a dark leafy green, whether it be kale or spinach or both, or, uh, any of the other leafy greens and have a fresh herb every day too. If you go to the grocery store get yourself some cilantro or parsley or any fresh, uh, chives, you know, any of the uh, culinary herbs that are fresh and, and do that. Or if you have the dried counterparts, that's fine too. Um, you know, they're more concentrated and they're phytochemical compounds anyway, so they're better for you. Um, so, you know, just choose a variety of all these different things. Don't just say, okay, I need fruits and vegetables. So just buy, you know, just lettuce or, or an apple. You know, those are good foods. They have their phytochemical nutrients too. They offer a lot of good health benefits but just vary so that you get the full array of all these wonderful different bio, uh, phytochemical compounds that address different areas of the body, different body systems, some for the eye, some for the liver, some for the heart. I mean, uh, regulate blood sugar. I mean, these phytochemical compounds so abundant in all the foods, they, um, you know, they do different things in the body. So you've got the synergy of different, uh, different types of uh, compounds that are at work for you. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I paused there because I didn't know if you wanted to, uh, to you know, add something there. But of course, you've got to balance your, your meals with the proteins and uh, with the right types of fats and even whole food carbohydrates, the root vegetables and the, the grains and the beans and legumes. Uh, those have offer uh, so many different health benefits depending on which food it is. Absolutely. So yeah, just a variety, you know. So like... And hydrate. Um, it's so important. Like what would be like, what would be like something, for example, you have like for breakfast? Oh yeah. My breakfasts are my major meal of the day. <laughs> um, I have a giant green salad with my meat protein and a couple of poached eggs. And then I use a lot of herbs and spices. Um, I'll put a dollop of guacamole on it or a dollop of, uh, you know, hummus or something I love uh, the spices, the different spices, your spice rack should be full of the different spices, you know, the basics at least. Um, and your herb, herb rack should be the different variety of herbs. And you'll be surprised at how delicious your meals can become once you have these different flavors. You can vary, you know, become Italian or Indian or, 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 or Asian or, you know, um, Mexican or any kind or, you know, any kind of uh, Latin. 
uh, meal, but just by varying your herbs and spices on that, you know, I don't have time to cook. I don't spend a lot of time in the kitchen. It's really ironic that a, a nutritional consultant doesn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen. Half of my food is raw and, uh, you know, I'll cook something in a, in a pot and eat off of that for a couple of days or so. But, um, you know, the less time in the kitchen, better, the better. And eating raw foods like that, a variety of these fresh foods, uh, or if you have a juicer, throw them in a blender, you know, and have a smoothie out of it. If you don't want to take the time to chop all these different things or pull everything out, just stuff it all in a blender and there you go, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so there's different ways to, to make your life easier and be healthy and not spend a lot of time in the kitchen. But uh, planning your meals ahead of time, listing all the things you want to get, planning uh, what you think you might want to eat. That'll be a little bit time consuming at first, but once you get good at it, it's automatic. You know, you can just go to the grocery store and say, okay, this week I'm going to have this, this, and that, you know, and it becomes very fast and very efficient. Do you normally do like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And do you normally have like snacks in between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner? Yeah, I have the big breakfast in the morning. Um, so like I said, I've got the big vegetable, multi-green, multi-herb salad, you know, and uh, then the, I have, ham, I like ham in the mornings with my breakfast or sometimes turkey or sometimes uh, uh, what I call turkey chorizo. You know, I just put the spices in there and just have this hash kind of thing. And then I have two poached eggs. And then I wait a couple of hours. I work from home, you know? Um, so whenever I feel like, okay, I need some um, carbohydrates now, I separate the protein from the carbohydrates because I love having a giant bowl, not a giant bowl, but a, a reasonably sized bowl full of fruit and multigrains and um, cinnamon and nutmeg and all these wonderful spices that you normally find in baked goods that smell oh so good, right? And then I throw in the, the raw nuts and seeds in there and I make a meal out of that too. So it's basically uh, after I have the main meal in the morning, then I'll go have the carbohydrate rich, uh, fatty acid rich meal of, from the plant food, plant kingdom, because I've had the animal fats, you know, earlier. And so, um, and then I'm good till dinner time, you know, dinner time I eat um, pretty late because that sustains me most of the day. And I do that so that I can be highly functional throughout the day. You know, I do a lot of writing and I'll go and work out or, or do something, you know? So um, that's important to me to stay highly uh, energized all day. So to do what I have to get done. And then in the evenings, I start winding down, you know, when I start feeling those hunger pangs again, then I'll have um, just a lighter, lighter thing. Like I'll make a chicken stew and I'll throw in like rice or, or other types of grains in there or legumes or whatever, or potatoes, whatever I have on hand, it's just like this big pot, you know, melting pot of of different vegetables and whatnot. And that's where I throw in the, the, the ones that are more uh, difficult to digest, like the broccoli that we were talking about earlier, you know, and the other tougher uh, vegetables, they, they get nice and soft and they just add all these flavors. And then you add your herbs and spices and stuff like that in there too. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it, you know. And I, like I said, I don't do a lot of cooking. I just throw meals that I could eat ahead of time or, or not have to cook for two or three nights after kind of thing. All right, that that's really that's really good to know. Um, glad to see a little bit like of of your process. Uh, it's important to consider and kind of take the concepts and like make it work for you. So I I imagine so like someone's like younger and more active than yourself would probably be eating more. They'd probably do maybe like three or four meals a day, like kind of depending, applying like the same concepts you do to your day. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you mean by active. You know, there's, uh, yeah, when I was younger, I was uh, six day split routines, you know, and I used to run long, longer distances and whatnot. And it's not that I couldn't do that now. I think I just don't have the time to do that. I was at the gym constantly, you know, six days a week before, um, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> but now um, just maintenance, you know, and just getting it, get the circulation going, get the body fat off and, and build enough uh, mus muscle structure and bone structure. Um, you know, being 67 years old, it's, uh, you've got to maintain it. Otherwise, uh, it starts shriveling up and you start uh, regenerating. And who wants to be weak and feeble? You know, to me, I'm still young and I still have maybe 20, 30 years ahead of me. And I've seen a lot of physically fit 90 year olds that are still still out there, you know, uh, looking great. And so that's that's my inspiration. Absolutely, that inspires as me as well. You know, I wanna be like the, the 90 year old in the Amazon in Brazil, climbing trees a few hundred feet tall and just jumping from tree to tree. That's, that, that, that excites me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I saw an 80 year old gymnast one time and I thought, wow, I wanna do that. Or, you know, a couple gets out on the dance floor at a wedding and they just like cut the rug and they look, uh, they don't look all that fit, but man, they, their flexibility there and obviously their mental faculties are all there and their coordination is just there, you know. So yeah, you can have a very advanced, uh, prolonged, wonderful, healthy life well into your 90s. Absolutely. And if people want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, thank you. Well, uh, holisticchoices.com is the main hub of a website. I'm also on, on Facebook, you know, type in Mary Esther Miranda Gilbert on Facebook. I'm there. I'm starting to go out into the other social networking sites. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, you type in my name on, on a Google search box and everything that I ever have done will come up, you know, um, whatever videos that I do. I try to save all the videos. Like if I'm on a, a guest, like on a call like this, then I, I just, uh, I embed the HTML code into my website. So I'm, I'm adding more and more videos all the time on that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's a pretty much a hub. You'll find all kinds of things to read on and uh, videos to watch, very educational. I'm also on YouTube, just type in my name, Mary Esther Gilbert on YouTube and the YouTube channel will come up. And so I've got some educational videos on there and I'm constantly updating and changing stuff. Awesome, so LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, website, links down below. Um, I briefly mentioned some of her books, so I'll try to put a link that shows you like some of the books that she's published as well. Um, thanks again. Um, I'm, I'm really glad I had a chance to, to have you on here. Uh, there, there, there's so much there's so much information to dive in. Um, and please feel free to go back and listen if you're listening to this now. Go back to the parts, go over it a little bit, uh, take the time to digest it and apply it. Um, I, I look forward to bringing you on again and going through other deeper rabbit holes. Um, thanks again so much. Um, and for, for your folks, thanks again for listening. Thank you. Um, and have a great day.